1: Welcome to another awesome episode of Inside the Vault with Ash Cash. Who deserves the Medal of Freedom is my accountant. He's been hula hooping, working round shifts. IRS should have had the townhouses surrounded. We have my CPA, the world CPA, money making Mitch, or, or actually Michelle Valbrun a.k.a. Money-Making Mitch. He is a certified public accountant. He is a entrepreneur, tax strategist. He is a person that's going to help you save $10,000 to $100,000 legally and ethically. Money-Making Mitch. What's up, brother? <laughs> How you doing? Thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, I'm excited, right? So, you know, we ride right around the tax season. And so why wouldn't we bring uh, CPA inside the vault. But before we get into all that smoke, um, you know, you have a wonderful story. Um, and I want people to, you know, first connect with you before they connect with all the knowledge, the, 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 the the prolific knowledge that you have. (laughs) Um, and so for the world, uh, who is Money Making Mitch?
2: Yeah, Money Making Mitch is, is, is everything. It's, it's, it's my story. It's my life. And, I resonate with, with that, that name so much. So with me, you know, just like you, I came from Haitian parents, right? So my parents came to the United States to America with really one dream of mine. That's for me and my sisters to live the American dream, to have the opportunities that they didn't have in Haiti. And through that experience out, I, I had some different experiences and learned things along the way. And one of the probably one of the most pivotal moments in my life was when I was about eight years old, right? So my parents were entrepreneurs. You know, they had their tax business and, and they, were in, they were entrepreneurs working in Little Haiti, Miami. And so I was eight years old, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm coming home and I have this family portrait. And, you know, I'm excited. I'm ready to show my mom this family portrait. And, you know, I'm waiting for her to come home. I hear the door open, so I start running. I'm dashing to the door. I'm running to the door. And I open it. And as I see the door open, I'm looking up, right, and I see a gun pointing to her head. So a gun pointed to your mother's head? A gun pointed to my mother's wow, head. Wow, 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 And I, I froze. Like, I literally was just standing there. I was shaking. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't recognize the individual behind her. As she started coming in, you know, I started seeing some more guys come in. And also my uncle's behind her, too. And he also had someone with a gun pointed to his head. So anyways, they, I, they had us all lay out on the floor, wow. on the cold tile floor. I'm laying down. I'm sitting there. You know, I'm confused. I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, in that moment, you know, I wasn't sure if we we're going to live or die. Wow. And you know, by the grace of God, you know, the, they they came, into the, they came into the home and they found out that my, my, my family, they actually used to keep money in shoeboxes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what they used to do. They used to take some money home, put it in shoeboxes. I guess they knew about it. They came in, they took the money, ran off and... <clears throat> In that moment, I realized, you know, for me, I was just like, you know, whenever I figure out this money thing, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to being successful, I wanted to make sure I do things legally and ethically, Mm -hmm. because that's how it impacted my family. So this was something that happened when I was eight years old. And then at 10 years old, my father was incarcerated and ultimately kicked out and deported out of the country. Wow. And so for me, you know, I, I just had a lot of experience at a very young age seeing things and people doing things, you know, that they shouldn't be doing as it relates to money. For him, it was financially related, too, mm-hmm. that got him locked up. And yes, that, that's been my story. But ever since then, you know, I've always focused and tried to do my best to learn how to be successful in business. I knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Got into accounting. And really with accounting, I ultimately became this tax strategist where now I'm teaching folks and individuals how to legally and ethically save money on taxes. Because really, you know, saving money on taxes is really the biggest ROI. It's not how much you earn, it's how much you keep. And by understanding the
1: tax code, that's how you
2: can really maintain and hold on to that wealth.
1: Wow, wow, wow. So I want to unpack a few things, right? Because, um eight years old you had this traumatic experience right and you said your, your parents had ta- a tax business right right you had this tri- traumatic experience uh, 10 years old another traumatic experience um, how did that affect you coming up right so so now from 10 years old talk to me a little bit about um, you know how did how did that affect your life how did that affect your your mindset uh, that got you to to where you are today as an entrepreneur?
2: Yeah, I think for me, it made me realize that, you know, nothing, first of all, nothing is guaranteed, nothing is promised. Mm. So, you know, literally in that moment, once he left, you know, I had to step up and be like the man of the house, at least as much as I can yeah. at 10, you know, 11, 12, as I started growing up. Mm. And I really try to do my best to hold the family down. I had two sis- I have two sisters as well. Mm. So it was just us and just trying to figure it out, you know, not having all the things that I wanted to have, and you know, just hearing no a lot, honestly, uh-huh. and you know, I, I respect that, I understand that, because my mom was trying to ha- trying to hold down the house by herself. Uh-huh. So just hearing no so often for me was just like, yo, I had to get on my own. So I started working early, you know, I started working as soon as I could. I think I started working when I was like 16 years old. Started off at the car wash, then started doing fast food, and you know, kind of started moving up in, in that in that regard. But then for me, like, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh-huh. So with that that hustler spirit, that, that hustler drive, you know, even when I was in high school, I used to sell like mixtapes, I used mm-hmm. to sell candy, I used to sell clothes, like I always knew that I wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, when I got into college, you know, one of my professors told me, he was just like, yo, accounting is the language of business, you might want to consider getting into accounting, because if you understand accounting, you understand everything. And then from there, you know, that's when my passion started to to grow into learning more about taxes and... Helping folks, like I said, save money on taxes legally and ethically. But that's kind of the, the tr- that that was kind of the progression as to where I'm at today.
1: And and so, what's what's the difference between, um, you know, a, a CPA, um, somebody that does taxes, you know, what I mean? cousin Johnny. Like why, like 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 what what what's the difference and the significance around CPAs?
2: Yeah, that's 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 big. So that CPA credential shouldn't be taken lightly. And I'll give you, I'll give you another story. Mm-hmm. So when I was going to school, I went to one of the top universities in the country mm-hmm. as it relates to accounting. So this wasn't a regular school. And for me, um, I was actually doing some volunteer work. So I was doing some volunteer work with this organization called VITA. So it's like a, an organization that does free tax prep for people. So I'm sitting down, I'm doing the tax prep for this couple. And then at the end of it, you know, the husband turns to me and is like, yo, you know, it's cool, you, you helped us with our taxes, we owe some money, how can we not pay more taxes in the future? And I didn't have a good answer for him, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I didn't know what to tell him. I was good at doing the prep, mm-hmm. and I, was, I understood how to, you know, complete the tax return, but didn't know how to pro, help people proactively save money on taxes. And this is the thing about it, like, the education system, at least from my experience, the universities, et cetera, they don't necessarily teach you about small business taxes. They don't really teach you about, you know, taxes as it relates to investors and et cetera. So that's when I had to do a lot of learning and self-education. I literally spent hundreds of thousands of dollars working with the top tax experts in the country, tax attorneys to learn this information. So going back to your question, as far as you know, tax professionals are concerned, there's levels to this, like mm-hmm. Meek says. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, there's levels. So the, the, the kind of the, the, the first tier, in my opinion, is what you have, what's called a tax preparer. Mm-hmm. Tax preparer is just an individual who takes your information, they submit it to the IRS. Usually it's, it could be folks from H&R Block, some of the big chain um, you know, tax, tax shops, right? And in order to be a tax preparer, there's no, there's no real regulations around it. Like you can be a tax preparer, as long as you get a P-10, you can literally go out there tomorrow and prepare people's taxes. You don't gotta go to school to do it. You don't really need to do anything. Even if you look at like the H&R Block website, mm-hmm. You, all you need to do is be 18 years older. You don't need a GD. You don't need a diploma. You don't need any of that. You just, as long as you are of age to do taxes, you can do taxes for people. So that's the first level, right? And not to say that there's no good people just doing tax prep, but that's, that's the first level. Then the next level is what's called an enrolled agent or an EA. So an enrolled agent, that's an individual who took a three-part exam with the IRS and they learned how to do taxes and they got proficient in taxes. And, you know, they, they have a certain... They're, they're very technically proficient in the world of taxes. But it's kind of like a real estate agent in the sense that, again, you don't have to go to school to do it. You just have to take this exam, go through you know the, the process and be able to do that. Then the next level above that is the, the CPA, the Certified Public Accountant. Now, these individuals, you need a certain amount of credit hours. So you, you need 150 credit hours. Typically, that means a ma- bachelor's, a master's. You need to Most of that needs to be coming from accounting. and also, there's a four-part exam that you have to pay that has le- less than a 50% passing rate. Mm. So the threshold and the requirements in order to be become a CPA is, is, is difficult. But then, And then even another, another fact on that, too, is 1% of CPAs in the world are black.
1: Mm, 1%? So, 1%.
2: Wow, 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 wow. So, yeah, yeah. So 1% of CPAs are black, but then even with that, believe it or not, even that's not enough (laughs) for business owners. You know what I'm saying? So there's another level above that. And because like I said, the CPA exam and the universities are not educating folks on small business taxes per se, teaching them about the loopholes or whatever. You have to get that information outside of school, outside of the CPA exam. So, level above that is what I call the tax elites. Mm. All right, so the tax elite—it's an acronym that I came up with—and that pretty much breaks down the type of individual that you need to be looking at in order to work with on taxes as a business owner, as an investor, as someone who is generating a significant amount of income. So, the first part of that is is education. So, they did they go to school? to learn about accounting and tax. The next part of that is legal representation. So can they can they represent you in front of the IRS, in the court, so uh, a CPA and a role agent can do that. The next part of that is integrity. So that's remember, that's key for me. So are they following the tax code, doing things legally and ethically? The next part of that is T, so are they doing constant training, keeping up with the latest and greatest tax information? There's been a ton of changes this past year as it relates to taxes. So are they keeping up with that information? And last but not least, know what's their experience like do they have experience working with small business owners do they have experience working with individuals making you know million 10 million different industries etc real estate you name it so that's that's kind of the levels but yeah that that cpa just generally speaking that's a good baseline to kind of start looking into but then even also really uh even challenging that cpa and making sure that they understand your business your industry and know what they what you need to do to save money proactively on taxes.
1: Nah, I love that. I love that. Um, and I wanted to get that clear because I think a lot of people, um, especially you know during tax season, uh, people are always kind of uh, you know going to to H and R Block or, or all these different uh, tax places, TurboTax, and Word. doing it themselves, not understanding that there are complexities to it, right? And so um, you know, you mentioned you know you know working with with entrepreneurs and and loopholes, and I know uh, you know, uh, uh, the president, uh, what was the, uh, what was the old president's name? Uh, president Donald Trump, right? Respectfully, <laughs> right? So I know that, that Donald Trump, um, got a lot of flack because of a lot of the things that he was doing in the public, right? So, you know, a lot of the antics, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff, a lot of, you know, racism and baiting and all of that stuff. But, right, I'm a big, but, um, I know for me as an entrepreneur, I mean, Trump didn't do bad for me. You know what I'm saying? Um, And talk a little bit about that because um, I know that there were some things that Trump had in place that helped entrepreneurs, even, you know, opportunity zones and things of that nature. But now we're in a new administration and we have the American Rescue Plan. Um, and, and, and when you compare, you know, between what what, what we had uh-huh. and what we have now, if you could break down so people could kind of understand, you know, where we are from that perspective.
2: Yeah, so 100%. So the last administration with Donald Trump, he created one of the biggest tax reforms in the past 30 years, mm-hmm. which is called the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So this was like a sweeping tax reform. Basically, what he was able to do was he lowered the the federal tax rates for everyone He introduced uh, qualified business income deductions. He introduced a whole bunch of different new legislation, which, yes, does benefit entrepreneurs and business owners. And if you look at historically speaking, when you look at the country and the tax code, it generally favors entrepreneurs, business owners and investors because in the government's eyes that benefits society more, right? So this is, again, what the government sees things as. So as a business owner, you're employing people, you're creating services, you're creating commerce, you're creating all these different products, you're moving money around, right? You're hiring people. As an investor, you're putting money into the market, so you're making these companies get, become bigger, they're growing, and they're able to scale and do all the other things that the small businesses are doing. So if you If you go ahead and invest and put your money in those areas, then the government's going to give you favorable tax treatment also with real estate too. You put money in real estate, you're providing housing, you're you're acquiring, acquiring property and land, et cetera. So the government gives you benefits in that regard. So yes, with the, the 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 past administration, he put in a whole bunch of things to you know reduce taxes for business owners, He reduced the the corporate tax rate to twenty one percent. so all those things. So what Biden's looking to do. You know, with, with, during his term, is he's actually looking to kind of re, uh, reverse some of those changes that, that were made with the Trump administration because he's looking to increase tax revenue between two to four trillion over the next 10 years. Wow. So some of the things that he's looking to do, he's looking to increase some of the corporate tax rates. He's looking to find ways to increase taxes on individuals, making more than 400000 He's actually considering there's a, there's a tax loophole with real estate that's called the 1031 exchange. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. So with the 1031 exchange, what it allows you to do is if you purchase property and you sell that property for more than what you pay for, it, typically you have to pay a capital gains tax on it. With that 1031 exchange, it allows you to take those gains, reinvest it to a, a same property or a higher value, and defer the taxes on that. So that's one of the ways that Trump
0: kind of lowered. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
2: His tax liability, he just kept reinvesting into other properties and not having to pay taxes on that uh Biden's considering uh getting rid of the 1031 exchange, mm-hmm. right? So that's going to be big for for real estate investors. He's looking to increase uh the 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 capital gains tax. So if you make more than a million dollars instead of getting that favorable tax treatment of 15 or 20% on the capital gains, he's looking to have you be taxed at ordinary um the tax rate which is like 37%. Mm-hmm. So like just all these different things is in order to generate that revenue. Um so you know, it I have I have mixed feelings about it because there was so much money pumped into the, the economy uh-huh. with all of this this the stuff that happened with the pandemic uh-huh. and COVID, et cetera, right? So I, I heard a statistic the other day that 21% of the money that's circulating right now is like that COVID money. Uh, so yeah. it's and it's backed by nothing. It's literally uh-huh. printed, it's paper money, right, right. like and we don't we don't have anything to support it. So we're we keep growing the deficit and having a bigger like debt in the in the economy. Uh-huh. So this is kind of his way to try to get some of that back. So yeah, that's, 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 what, that's, what, that's forthcoming. And an interesting thing about it too, because he has the House and the Senate, chances are that bill is gonna get passed. Wow. So we just gotta get ready, mentally prepared for it, and understand that taxes are gonna go up. And then even if you are under that 400,000, you gotta consider this too. Like people who make 400,000, they're probably entrepreneurs, business owners, whatever the case is. So prices are going up, you know what I'm saying? So we're all gonna have to carry that that weight and that burden to to go ahead and try to close that deficit.
1: Hey, peace and blessings family, it's Ash Cash. If you're an entrepreneur, coach, or service provider, nothing can boost your business and credibility like the instant authority of being a published author. I am a former 15-year banking executive, and it wasn't until I wrote my first book that I started to see a boost in my business. Now, I've been an author for over 10 years. I've sold over 70,000 books, all independently. I have four bestsellers, and my books have been featured on every major media outlet you could think of, all without hiring a publicist. I've coached hundreds of self-published authors, on how to write, market, and sell their books the right way, and I have many authors that I've helped become best sellers and even helped some make five figures before they even launch their book. I've been getting a lot of requests lately for book coaching since I revealed that one of my clients, Julian Gordon, made $111,000 in two months pre-launch on his new book. So I created this new program that is breaking down everything that you need to write, publish your book in 90 days or less, and also all the secrets on how to sell massive books as a self-published author. So go to incomefrombooks.com for more information, and for a limited time, you'll get 40% off the normal price, and you don't even need a discount code. I promise you, it's a worthwhile investment. You have a story that the world needs to hear, so let me help you build your impact and your income. Good people need to do good, so let me help you. I'll see you on the other side. Incomefrombooks.com. And so, 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 what, what, is, what is your advice for entrepreneur? Right, because I know. Um, a lot of you know, there there've been a lot of new millionaires, especially black millionaires. Uh we've interviewed a lot of a lot of them here on, on Inside the Vault um that are now in that tax bracket that's that's above uh but then to your point right entrepreneurs who um you know maybe just starting out at some point they'll get to that that space of you know millions of dollars uh but then but then even uh you know their ability to buy and 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 and, you know support or or get supported by entrepreneurs so what would you? What would be your advice to an entrepreneur um, that you know? Let's assume that you know the the the, the tax bill gets passed. Um, you know we, we gotta have to, we, we're gonna look forward to higher taxes and you know um, increasing our our, our products, uh, the price of our products, or maybe you know the people that we were hiring. You know, but like, what what are some still legal and ethical ways? For us to get, you know, get rid of our taxes and not pay as many, you know, as much taxes.
2: Word. So when it comes to taxes, the the great thing about being an entrepreneur is that the tax code has hundreds of tax ways and deductions and things that you could do as far as being able to write things off. Mm -hmm. So really, as it relates to being able to save money on taxes, there's six big ways to do it. So the first one is deductions. The second one is retirement. The other one is legal entities insurance, legal loopholes, and then some advanced planning strategies. But I'll give you a couple as far as it relates to deductions, right? So as a deduction is concerned, so deduction is pretty much a tax write-off for your business. So pretty much anytime you spend money on your business, you're able to write that off. So the IRS has four requirements in order to be able to write things off. So I call it tax-free, all right? So tax-free deduction is the way that you could write things off. So the first part of that free is the expense needs to be for your business, trade, or profession. All right, so if it's for your trade business or profession, that checks that box and you're able to write that off. The next part of that is what I call regular. So it needs to be a, a regular expense for your business, for your industry, for the type of service that you're doing. The IRS calls that ordinary. So if the expense is considered ordinary, then you can go ahead and write that off. The third part of that is E, as I call it essential. The IRS calls that necessary for your business. So if you have an expense that's necessary for your business, then you can write that off and last but not least, Economical, so the, and the IRS calls that not lavish or extravagant under the circumstances. So that's kind of the framework that you need to look at as far as the requirements for deductions. So as it relates to deductions, you got a ton of deductions you could take, right? So you got one of them is is meals. So if you're having a business meal with with a with a partner or someone that you're looking to do business with, you're able to deduct for that. One of the new things that they're adding is that they're allowing you to deduct 100% of your meals if you eat out of restaurant because they're trying to get people back into the restaurants mm-hmm. and start dining again and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and that's another thing too, like you gotta understand the government realizes that if they tax people certain ways or don't tax people certain ways, it's going to influence behavior. Mm. So that's one of the ways they're trying to influence behavior. Another way to do it is is, is vehicle expenses, right? So there's an actual method and there's a standard method. So with the, the standard method, you could deduct mileage for your vehicles for this year. You could deduct 56 cents for every time you drive your vehicle for business purposes. Another way is the actual method. So this is the way that people are writing off their whole vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, there's, different stand, there's different deduction amounts that you, you could take based on the weight of your vehicle. So if your vehicle is less than 6,000 pounds, right? there's a certain depreciation schedule that you could use. So the first year you could write off 18,100. If you're using the bonus depreciation, 16,100 and et cetera. So they have like a sliding scale. to how you could write that off. If it weighs more than 6,000 pounds, you can write off 25,000 in that first year. So that's another way to do it. Or if you decided to do like a lease payment, you can deduct the lease payment based on the percentage of the business use. So that's, that's the vehicles. Another one is the home office, right? So a lot of people, you know, if you, if you, if you own a home specifically, if you got a space within your home that's specifically for business purposes, then you could deduct a portion of your, your living expenses to the home office. So utilities, mortgage interest, property tax, like all those different things. There's a whole list that the IRS has that you could deduct for, for um, the home office. You got supplies, you got equipment, bro. There's like there's a lot of, of things that you could deduct for your business. So that's that's key. Another way is is retirement, like I mentioned. Right. So retirement. Contributing to a retirement account is gonna help you out. So if you're a business owner, there's something that's called the solo 401k. So that's similar to like a 401k that you would get from your job. You can contribute up to 19,500 in that. Uh, there's also another There's also another retirement account called the SEP IRA. So the Simplified Employee Pension Plan, you contribute up to 58,000 in that or 25% of your compensation. You got self-directed IRAs. The dope thing about the, the self-directed IRA is that you can contribute up to six thousand, and then you can invest in different types of assets. So you can actually invest in real estate in there, right, and not have to worry about paying taxes on it until you start pulling that out oh, wow. for retirement. Wow. So that's 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 super. It. That's super dope. And then you could invest in different private market securities, et etc. Um, paying your children through the biz, bro. This it, the list goes on. All right, so I, so I,
1: and, and, and I'm and I'm happy I asked that because you know you know when we listen to these changes it's like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? But there are, you know, still ways regardless, right. There's still ways, um, you know, that people could, could maximize, you know, their money. Um, and so two things I'm hearing, number one is don't fret, right. If if you, if you got the right person on your team that knows these rules that can help you, um, you know, you'll be fine. Number two though. Um, and, and, and I think that, you know, I, I've always been an advocate of people starting businesses, uh, but number two, most of these deductions come to entrepreneurs, right? And so, um, you know, t- talk, talk a little bit about um, that, right? The advantages of being an entrepreneur, because I think that, you know, you know, a lot of what you just said is like, wait, but if you don't have a side business or if you don't have a business, then you can't really write any of those things off. Um, and so, even if somebody has a nine to five, they should have a side business. But talk a little bit about the uh, tax benefits of being an entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, 100%. So, most more importantly than anything, like being an entrepreneur, the, I mean, the sky's the limit as to what you can what you can generate and maintain wealth. Like that is one of the the, the key successes to creating generational wealth because you can't pass down a nine to five. You mm-hmm. can't give that to your children. Yeah. You can't. You know what I'm saying? It it pretty much lives and dies with you. Mm. So being an entrepreneur is an extremely important way for us to create more wealth in our community, have financial freedom. But then even going back into the tax benefits, to your point, yeah, all those things that I mentioned, that's available for business owners. Because, again, they're trying to incentivize people to become business owners. And when people hear the word business, I think sometimes, especially if you're new, you oh, you may overcomplicate things, and you're thinking about the WalMarts, you're thinking about the Facebooks, you're thinking about the Amazons, Tesla. Mm. No, bro, you can literally just come up with a side hustle, whatever it is that you like to do, whatever it is that you're passionate about. If you want to cut hair on the side, if you want to do hair on the side, if you want to sell things on eBay, if you want to do Uber, Lyft, all those kind of things will automatically put you in the the business owner category, mm. right? You don't need to form like you. Sh- the best practice is to formally set yourself up, se- set yourself up with like a LLC limited liability company, get registered with the state, get an EIN, have a business account, all those things are best practice, but that's not required in order for you to be an entrepreneur in the IRS's eyes. The only requirement, one of the things that they're looking at is that you are in the pursuit of income. So as long as you're out there in the pursuit of income, bro, you're you're in business, period. And then we could talk about, you know what I'm saying, getting everything formalized and doing everything in that way. But once you're in the pursuit of income, then you can go ahead and start taking off those write-offs and then seeing what, again, what those apply based on those four requirements.
1: Now, lo- love that information. And so for, for those who may not know, right, because, you know, um, you know, we talk about write-off a lot. Um, you know, if you if you go, if you look at any uh, post, financial advice, they're like, oh, you can write this off, you can write that off. Right. Um, and so um, when you say write-off, right, like for instance, um, you know, I'm a little fresh when I go to Inside the Vault, you know, my my, my kid game <laughs> is, is, you know. And for me, this is a, I, I'm assuming, right? You my CPA, so you tell me. I'm assuming I can write off my sneakers, which means I buy these sneakers specifically for this show, right. and then whatever I spent on these sneakers, when I do my taxes, it, my sneakers are an expense. And so, if I spent two hundred dollars on these fresh, you know, Jordans, then 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 I'm not paying two i I'm not paying taxes on those, on those, on that two on that two hundred. Is that correct? And also, sort of explain like what percentage do are you able to write off?
2: Word. So that's, that's a great question. So clothing is tricky as it relates to being able to write things off because one of the things that they look at, it's not necessarily in the four requirements, but one of the things that they're looking at is, can you use it for personal use? Mm. All right, so I got clients all the time. Can I write off my Louis? Can I write off, you know, my Gucci? All that kind of stuff, right? So it, it depends. Like, there's very rare instances where you can do that. Um, the, 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 the instance with that, there's a court case, actually, of a, someone who was working at Ralph Lauren, you know what I'm saying? And one of the requirements was they had to wear polo when they worked went to work. Mm-hmm. So he tried to write it off. This he's not a business owner. This was back when they're doing unreimbursed um employee expenses where they can reimburse you. But he bought you know a whole bunch of Ralph Lauren. I'm sure he got the you know the purple label, the big pony. Yeah. Like he got he 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 was fresh, mm-hmm. right? but the IRS disallowed it because they're just like, you could wear that in your personal life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So if you wanted to p- potentially write off clothing, et cetera, it may be more of like if you rent it, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. for that day, if you were doing a shoot, if you're doing, you know, that kind of thing, if it was more short terms, like, yo, this for, for that moment, get me fly, put on the suit, whoop, we mm. spend this much, that's it. So that's, that's probably the easiest way to do clothing, but it is possible, but you gotta, you, you got to be strategic as to how you do it. Now, going back to write-offs, so this is how I would explain a write-off. So, I'll keep the math simple. Let's say your business does two thousand oh. dollars. All right. Let's say you spent thousand dollars on the business. Let's say you know. For, I know this is a multi-million, you know, kind of business situation that we're in right now. But let's say this, 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 um, this, this, um company is doing two thousand dollars let's say y'all spent a thousand dollars on equipment such as cameras that's a Mm write-off let's say you spent money on uh the lighting that's a write-off because this is all to help you all pursue income Mm -hmm. so all those things are write-offs so those are deductions Mm -hmm. so now you're left with one thousand dollars in profit from your business Mm -hmm. that's what the IRS is looking at to determine what your taxable income is so you first Mm -hmm. you have your gross Mm -hmm. income yep and then your deductions, your write-offs, it reduces.
1: And your gross income is what you make.
2: Your gross income is what you make. Okay. This is everything that you bring in. Yep. Your write-offs, your deductions reduces your gross income because let's say, let's say you didn't have any deductions, right? Which, yep. again, an individual doesn't have any deductions. So let's say you have $2,000 worth of gross income. Mm-hmm. And let's say your marginal tax rate, right, is like let's say the federal tax rate plus your state tax rate is 30%. Mm-hmm. So you make $2,000. You got 30% on that, so now you're paying your, let's say your taxable income, no deductions, your taxable income on that gross income, on the 30%, that's 600. Yep. That's how much taxes you're paying. Okay. Now, with the write-off, the expense, you now reduce your taxable income to 1,000. Mm. So now they're looking at the 1,000, and they're saying, okay, let's say 30% on the 1000 now, now that's 300 So mm. you just cut it off. You cut, you cut off your expenses in half. Mm, got it. So this is the, this is the dope thing about the, the, the 9 to 5 or the side hustler, right? Now you could take some of your personal expenses. If you got a home, mm. right, you could take the home office deduction. Mm. So now, again, a portion of your utilities could be written off. The mortgage interest could be written off. Like There's different things that you could write off. The furniture that you buy for that space. You know what I'm saying? You get you get you get a carpet. You get you get the chairs. You get all that kind of stuff. Uh, office equipment. Let's say for that home office now, you want to you 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 want to make sure that your business is in the best position possible. So you might get that iMac. You know what I'm saying? You might drop two bands on an iMac uh-huh. or other equipment, and then instead of now those not being a write-off for you on the personal side because you have a business, uh-huh. the artist is like, all right, bet you're using this to in the pursuit of income. You can go ahead and write that off, and again, it
1: reduces your taxable income. I love it. And then so two two stories that I heard recently, uh, Grant Cardone, right? Grant Cardone, uh, you know, come the end of the year, he had a big tax liability, and he's like, yo, I'm not giving all this money over to the IRS. So he bought a private jet, right? Right. $50 million. (laughs) Uh, I heard a similar story with 50 Cent. You know, 50 Cent was um, you know, uh, towards the end of the year, he forgot to spend money. So now he has money left over. He's like, yo, I'm not paying all this money to the IRS. And so he wanna buy six cars, right? right? Like buying cars to, to be able to lower his um, you know, his tax obligation. Um, me as a as a former banker, right? Uh, I used to have entrepreneurs come in all the time that says, Look, I've made a million dollars, I've made four hundred thousand or i've made whatever they say they made and now they want a bank loan but when i'm looking at their their account i'm like nah i can't give you a bank loan because your your taxes are saying something different you're, you, you you're bringing in this money but you're deducting so much stuff that you, that the amount of money that you're actually reporting to your taxes is thirty thousand or forty thousand and because of that yes you're saving money but i can't give you a loan because it's not showing that this is taxable income and so, you know, what's your thoughts on, of so like the pros and cons of deductions, right? Because yeah. on one end, you know, uh, you know the pros, you might you might be able to deduct money, and as you're deducting this money, uh, you save more of it, you have more of it. But if you want to use other people's money, like loans and other things like that, you may not be able to do that. So talk talk to us a little bit about the the pros and cons.
2: Yeah, so I think there's definitely a balance as it relates to being able to figuring out what you should be writing off. Mm -hmm. So one of the requirements as far as taxes are concerned is you don't want to understate your income, right? Mm -hmm. So meaning that all the income that you generate, you want to make sure that's reported. Like Mm -hmm. you you don't want to play with that. So Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that's the right number. As far as expenses are concerned, you don't want to overstate your expenses. So you don't want to say you have more expenses than you already have, Mm -hmm. but there's not necessarily any rule to say you can't understate your expenses. Mm -hmm. So the key thing that you're mentioning is figuring out what your goals are, mm. all right? So if you know that you're trying to get a loan, if you know that you're about to purchase a home, if you know that you may be interested in getting the PPP or whatever the case is, like you don't want to have a whole bunch of write-outs because to your point, it's gonna show that you don't have any profit. Mm. So you wanna really have that balance and figure out, okay, what what are my goals? It, am I trying to? And that's the conversation that I have with my clients when we're proactively thinking about your tax situation is like, what do you wanna do next year? What are you trying to do? And then let's see if we, we should run it up in expenses or maybe take it easy. Oh. So that's one of the things that's going to be important and yeah, to to your point, one another thing key thing too is like a lot of people what they do and this is a threshold with that with that that those write-offs, right? So let's say there's a rule called the hobby loss rule. Mm. All right, which means that if you have and sustained losses for more than 3 years out of the 5 years that you're in business, the IRS is going to call your business a hobby at that point mm. and disallow those um, expenses. So you want definitely want to have a balance as to what you're writing off, how often you're writing off. But again, you know, making sure that you're taking credit for those expenses if you want to, but understanding that, you know, you're kind of making the decision like do I want to have a lower tax liability or do I want to get, you know, OPM, type into OPM other people's money so I can get these loans, et cetera. Now there are ways that you can reduce your tax liability, like we talked about retirement, for instance, right? Which allows you to reduce your taxable income but then you're able to show you have assets. So you, mm-hmm. now you have that money, instead of it just sitting in the bank, now you got that in the retirement account. So that's gonna be maybe one factor that, that they're looking at mm-hmm. as far as getting a loan. that like, okay, you may not, you have a lower taxable income, but I see you got these assets. I see your, mm-hmm. your, your retirement account is, is, is there. And you, you know, if you need to liquidate it, you can absolutely, you potentially liquidate it. And I,
1: hey, it's Ash Cash. Are you new to entrepreneurship and struggling with having to figure out everything by yourself? I want to tell you about the number one entrepreneurship community in the country. Sometimes just being in the right environment can make all of the difference in the world for your mindset, your work ethic, and your results. This entrepreneurship community is called The Morning Meetup and it's led by my guy David Shands who is an amazing entrepreneur. The Morning Meetup is a group of entrepreneurs who meet every single morning to make sure that they're getting three things right. Information, activity, and environment. There are so many brilliant and ambitious people who simply need access to the right information to really start moving forward in the right direction. Every single morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, Dave, along with other successful business owners from all different backgrounds, meet with new entrepreneurs to shed light on things like investing, content creation, monetizing, automation, mindset, business strategy, and so much more. To stay sharp and grow as a group, they select a book, then read a chapter each day, briefly discuss their takeaways from that chapter as a part of the daily meetup. The best part is that this community is really big on not solely just getting the right information, but making sure that everyone in the group is doing the right activities to stay on track towards their goal. Dave has done a tremendous job of creating and fostering a truly unique environment for entrepreneurs to receive high-level mentorship and accountability. To get a week access pass for just $1, head over to themorningmeetup.com slash vault. You'll be able to join the community and get access to daily coaching, participate in the morning question and answer sessions to get all of your questions answered and meet hundreds of driven entrepreneurs. So go ahead, go to themorningmeetup.com slash vault. It's only $1 to start and I promise you, you will see value immediately. All right, tell them Ash sent you. A lot of my millionaire friends are um, making a lot of money, but instead of um, keeping that money in their bank account, right, so a lot of of guys that I know that are entrepreneurs are cash poor, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're making money, but instead of uh, keeping that money and paying taxes on that money, right, uh, they rush to buy assets, right? They rush to that's take good. that money, buy a building, buy yeah. property, buy, right? So that way, they still keep that net worth, right? They still have their net worth, and their net worth is rising from the money that they've made, um, but they don't—they don't have to necessarily pay taxes on it because they're buying those assets. Talk, talk, talk to us about that strategy. Yo, that's, that's
2: that's 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 a really good point. So yeah, so investing in real estate is actually a really good money move because one of the, the ill things about real estate is you get what's called depreciation. Mm. So now this is like an invisible write-off that you get. Mm. You don't have to spend and come out of pocket for the, for the depreciation. So depreciation is just pretty much writing off the building over a certain amount of time. Mm. So let's say you got a residential property, you could write that off over 27.5 years. Let, on the flip side, let's say you got a commercial property, you could write that off over 39 years, right? So you get this write-off every every single year and what it does is on, on on your tax return it's going to show as a loss mm. right so let's say you have your rental income it's coming in at a thousand but then let's say that appreciation amount depending on the property value let's say it ends up being two thousand dollars on appreciation so now your 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 real estate portfolio is showing at, at, at a loss of thousand dollars and that loss could actually be applied to your active income mm. right up to a certain amount and then you could take a you could you could reduce your taxable income on that side but yeah to your point when you pull up and you go to the banks and you're showing them your assets now you can say well look at my portfolio my net worth is a million dollars you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. because you know i have i have this property over here and i got this multi unit over there so yeah that's that's a really good strategy with um as far as being able to take off riders and then even another one with real estate is there's there's a a strategy called tax segregation, mm-hmm. all right. So what tax segregation? What that does is instead of having to write it write off the, the building over 27.5 years or 39 years, you could actually hire like an engineering firm to go ahead and assess the building and see okay, you know this 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 asset over here, this carpet, probably the, it's a useful life of maybe seven years, 15 years. Um, kitchen appliances, different things within the home. So they're breaking it down to even different, smaller, um, uh, depreciation classes to help you accelerate what you're writing off. So you take bigger write-offs for that year. And again, you're still, the, the value of the property doesn't decrease per se, just for tax purposes. You're just showing maybe more losses or whatever, but you still have that asset, you know what I'm saying?
1: No, I love it. I love it. And then you talked earlier, uh, about PPP loans, right? Um, like, how is that beneficial for entrepreneurs? And, and if you could break that down on how they could take advantage of them.
2: Yeah, so the, the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, was 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 started due to the pandemic, right? So we, you know, the, the government came in and they funded and put billions and billions and trillions of dollars out there in the economy to support small businesses. So one of the great things with the PPPs and one of the benefits is the interest rates are ridiculously low. Mm-hmm. Like it's 1%, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's almost free money in the sense, right? Not not 100% free because again, the government's creating it. So we probably have to pay taxes on it. The country as a whole has to pay taxes on it on the back end. But then also too, you know, you have to use that money in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So one thing that you have to use your money on is what are called like payroll expenses. Mm-hmm. So you, if you got employees, this is a way for, this was a way for the government to incentivize mm-hmm. business owners like, yo, Make sure, don't, we don't want any layoffs. We don't want you getting rid of anyone. Make sure you hold your people down. Continue paying them out at least for, you know, for a few more weeks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why with the calculation, they have this calculation where it's like, okay, um, how many how many weeks or I believe it's ba- basically equates to like 10 weeks or two, two and a half months that you're holding down your employees or whatever the case is. So, yeah, the, the PPP – is a great opportunity for you as a business owner if you're looking to, to get be the rave. Yeah to, yeah, to No, no, no not, not, I'm <laughs> not the rave. Not the joke. I'm not the rave. I want to throw you off yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, I can't yeah, get yeah. the rave with, the, with that, the TV. Not okay. the rave. No, okay. no, no.
1: Okay. okay. I no people try that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard some people try to get some Rolls Voices, some some Bentleys. Knocking. Nah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It can't go down. Yeah, it has yeah. to be.
2: There's certain expenses they're looking at payroll expenses, more like operating expenses. So your rent, things are gonna keep you in your business. Also, like mortgage interest, so different things. Those portions that portion of the loan could actually be forgivable. So, as long as you're using like 60% on those uh, forgivable categories, mm. then you can go ahead and get forgiveness on it. So, pretty much, you know, what I'm saying you could take the write-off and then you don't have to pay that portion back. Mm. So, again, it's again more free money, and they defer when you got to pay it back too. So, they give you, you know, uh, <clears throat> depending on the type of loan, you, get, you potentially get a deferral of a, up to a year to not have to pay that back. So it's it's a great opportunity if you're a business owner they're doing another round of it fresh off the presses like literally today they just announced that the deadline they have extended it out to to may instead of march 31st so now you got an extra time to go ahead and pay, pay it i'm sorry to be able to go ahead and get that access to that funds the funds are running out though so you you want to make sure you don't wait till the last minute to go ahead and do that but yeah that's a great opportunity for you as a business owner and then one um little hack too and we'll actually go and tie it back to what we we're talking about deductions so with the PPP, it's a loan, right? Mm. So they're going to be looking at your prior tax returns, and again, if they see a zero, if they see a negative, mm. you're not going to get that money, right? right, right because right, they're right. going to say like, well, what? Well, no, what? I mean, what? What's what's the point? Yeah. So that's another thing. So you want to make sure that again, you're you're showing profits with that business, but then um, another unique, what some lenders are actually doing now they're actually allowing you to use your gross income mm. instead of that net loss. It's it's very few lenders that are doing it, but yeah. there's actually a few lenders that are allowing you to use that gross income number. Mm-hmm. Because of, based on like future, you know, profits or potential or what you, what you probably would have been on track to do. Mm. So that could be an instance where you can potentially get that money. But, you know, again, like I said, that's pretty limited.
1: Oh, man. Powerful. And so let's talk about the stimming. That's right, stimmy. That's stimmy, stimmy. So, you know, we got, you know, people are getting stimulus, you know, stimulus checks. Um, you know, what what are are there any tax advantages, you know, having this, sti- you know, getting a stimulus check? Um, and in what ways can people maximize that, you know, from a tax perspective, if there's any
2: word? So with 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 the stimulus checks. So they did another round of stimulus checks yeah. in addition to what was paid out in, in December. So this go around, they're p- giving people 1400 per person, right? So what that means is, but there's, there's phase outs, it's up to, you have to make a certain income amount in order to be able to qualify for it. So if you, if you make $75,000 or less, then you'll qualify. If you're married, if you're a married couple, you, you can do up to 150. Once you exceed that amount, then there's gonna be certain phase outs, you start losing some of that benefit. Um, so that, that's how the stimulus works. But as far as you being able to utilize that stimulus, what I recommend, any, and it's kind of like um, you could almost see it as a, as a tax refund, all right? So what I recommend anyone do is if you're in a position to, you want to make sure at least you're saving 10% of that money, putting it into a bank, I would also recommend that you look into investing that money, so maybe looking into getting into stocks, maybe starting that business now. Now you got, that's enough business, that's enough money for you to go ahead and get that LLC started. That's enough money for you to go ahead and get some of that initial startup costs to go ahead and get your business up and running. So that's how I recommend using the money if you're in a position to do it. Again, I know people have been impacted by the pandemic, layoffs, et cetera, so you know, they may need to use that that stimulus money in a different way, but because, again, we were having probably going to experience some inflation because of all the money that's been pumped into the economy. And what's inflation? Inflation is pretty much the devalue of the dollar. So basically what that means is, let's say today with $100,000, there's certain things that you could buy. We know what $100,000, what, what, what you can get with $100,000. 10 years from now, that $100,000 can not necessarily buy the same things mm-hmm. that what, what, it, what it could buy today, right? Every, the prices of everything is going up. So that 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 hundred thousand is now going to be devalued and be it's going to reduce your your purchasing power, mm-hmm. in a sense. But yeah, no, the the stimulus check came out. Um, that's all part of what's called the American Rescue Plan. Mm-hmm. So there's another um great benefit that they put in there too. A A
1: R P. No. A R P. Joe
2: Biden. <laughs> That's, I didn't think about that. Um, A-A-T, yeah, so a, are you, A-R-P, YouTube, yeah, A-R-P. A-R-P, my phone, my phone. A-R-P, no, no it's boy. all good, King. Nah, I, I, you no, know, the only reason I said that, though, because
1: because I'm watching videos of Joe <laughs> Biden going up steps and falling. I see that, yo. Yeah, yeah, he, so, you know, fast shout-out to yeah. You know, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Shout-out to Joey. Um, we, did so, yeah. Joe. <laughs> we did it, Joe. We did it, We did it, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so um, with, with, with the another benefit of the the american rescue plan is they are now allowing people who receive unemployment benefits to not have to pay taxes on that first ten thousand Oh, nice which is huge yeah, right because yeah. before last year you know what i'm saying a whole bunch of people got unemployment and they didn't know to withhold money or they didn't know that they had to pay taxes on it. they just thought it was free money it's like all right bam getting 300 i'm good um but now they're allowing you to exclude up to two ten thousand three hundred. so if you already did your, did your taxes and you missed out on when they made that announcement you know the IRS is telling you to just chill relax they're going to go ahead and you know pay you out cash you out if, if 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 you happen to qualify for that benefit but if you haven't done your taxes then you can go ahead and um once you fill it out it's automatically depending on the tax software you use it should automatically be given and also the two they extended the the child tax credit too mm. which is basically a tax credit that you get for having children. So if your children are six years old and younger, so younger than six years old, you can get 3,600. If they're older than six and under the age of 17, you can get $3,000 for that. So it usually is $2,000, but they extended it out. So they're giving you more money. So there's a couple things that, you know what I'm saying, they, they did to really help the economy, kind of give put more money back in, in, in the people's pockets. I think that bill was like 1.9 trillion or whatever. So. You know, more and more trillions being pumped into the economy, but you know, what I'm saying that's that's a, that's what they did.
1: And I have, I, I mean, you you mentioned the child tax credit. Uh, And I know, I mean, you've helped me uh, behind the scenes. You know, my my daughter's 12 years old. Uh, You've given me some great advice on how I can reduce my tax liability uh, by hiring my daughter, right? So my daughter's my personal assistant. uh, And so if you email me, she is my 12-year-old, right? Right. She'll be 13. But my 12-year-old answer in and we give, you know, we pay, you know. Give us that game a little bit, because I know a lot of people who are watching, you know, watch this show with their kids, and you know, and 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 they and they're gonna they're gonna benefit from it. But but how can you lower your tax liability by hiring your your children?
2: Yeah. So this is one of the, the one of the beautiful loopholes in the tax code is being able to write uh, to be able to, not write off your kids, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is how you write off your kids. You don't like them, write them off. No,
2: nah, I'm joking. That's the title right there. How yeah. to write off your kids? Yeah. Um. Nah. This is how you pay your children, again, through the business, y'all. So make sure, again, having that, this is one of the benefits of being an entrepreneur now. Yeah. So they want, so you're able to pay your children through your business. You not have to pay taxes on it. They don't have to pay taxes on it. So basically the way it works is, you have what's called the standard deduction amount. So the standard deduction amount is the, the, the deduction amount that the government gives everyone. So typically for this year, it's 12,550. It, it, You know, changes every year, but as as time of recording, that's what it is. So as long as you pay your child who's under seventeen years old, twelve thousand five hundred and fifty, you know, through the business, you could take that as a deduction. And you want to make sure that they're doing things like legitimate work for the business, right? So you want to make sure that you they have a job description. You want to make sure that the job matches their age or whatever, right? So I got I got people who try to push it. You know what I'm saying? They try to do it with their newborn, their two year old, three year old. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it, you're pushing it really. In, in my professional opinion, I think seven years old and older is a good
1: age to do it. So that 12-, 13 year old, that's perfect. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And the great not thing my five year old because AJ, he's he's always co-signing. He be you know I mean? he be ad-libbing for me. I can't I can't use my my five year old.
2: I'm not saying so. There's no age minimum. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But like you just want to make sure that you know I think seven years old is the is a safe age. But yeah. if he's doing. If he may be ad and if he's doing something that you feel like, okay, this is worthy of paying someone through, you know what I'm saying? You could, you could prove it to the IRS and support that. Then, you know what I'm saying, you'll be straight. So there's no age minimum to do that. Yeah. Also, too, with that, with that strategy, you want to make sure they have a separate account. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you can't just cash them out just paying, you know, pay... Just give the money. They want to see that money coming from your account Mm. to another account. Paper trail. Yeah, paper trail, right? So you want to make sure that paper trail is gorgeous. Mm. As Hope said, right? (laughs) You want to make sure that paper trail is gorgeous and making sure that the the child really has access to it, but you know, you're the parent, so you're probably gonna, you know, tell them like, yo, this is what you're using the money for. You can go ahead and you know get the J's. That's if you if you really wanna get lace, you know, get your kids fresh, yeah, you go ahead and pay them through the business. You know what I'm saying? And then they could take that money, use it how they want to. Mm. Then they might be able to get the J's in that way. Cause that again, that's payroll, boom, you put in the, the account, and then they can use that money how they want to. Yeah. All yeah, right. Perfect, so that's perfect, perfect. that's the way that works.
1: And so, you know, you know, uh, my last question for you before we get into our lightning round. Um, I know that there are a lot of people who are uh who may cannot afford a CPA, right? Because yeah. you know you, you, I mean, you know, you. You gotta pay, right? Right. Um. And some people might be interested in, um, you know, potentially a uh, software. Or sure. uh, g- give us give us a few softwares uh, that people could use that are probably good, uh, you know, w- you know, to file their taxes. There's some great
2: softwares that you could use. Obviously, a lot of people know about TurboTax. That's kind of the, the the most popular one and well-known software out there. The great thing about TurboTax is it's question-based. So it literally, asks you the right questions that you need in order to be able to have it fill out the form for you on the back end. So you don't have to see all the ugly forms and all the boxes and all that kind of stuff. They go hand to handle that for you. Uh, so TurboTax is one. Credit Karma actually put out some tax software that's available now to people to use. Uh, H&R Block has some tax software that you can go ahead and use as well. Go ahead and get your taxes done as well. And then as far as like just general accounting, softwares that you need is there's one called QuickBooks so QuickBooks is an accounting software that you can use to organize your finances and your business finances the great thing about QuickBooks is it's automated right so you can you can go ahead and connect your business account to the QuickBooks account Go ahead and have that do the transactions and organize it for you so when it comes tax time you know you have your financial statements in order right so you can have your income statement which is your income and expenses balance sheet depending on your business you might you're gonna have your assets liabilities and equity and then last but not least another great app to use is called MileIQ. iq so if you want to go ahead and track your mileage Every time, one of the things that one of the things that one of the things that are required is if you're going to go ahead and write off your vehicle for business purposes, as I mentioned, you want to make sure you're tracking the miles, even if you're using the actual method, because you want to show the business use of that and have that as evidence in the event that you get audited. So that's those are probably some of the best apps and things to look into as far as you know taxes are
1: concerned. All right, so look, look, y'all, invest in a CPA because literally he just gave you a million dollars worth of game just now i got i got like a thousand more questions but to respect <laughs> the time uh, you know, we, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do something nice for our viewers, right? Because I know 100%. you have a, a program, yes, uh, that, that also gives out a lot of this information. Uh, so we'll do something nice later on where you can give some type of discount, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but we are inside the vault. So, so I want to, I want to do our lightning round. Um, and, you know, as, as a CPA, um, you know, someone who has always been, you know, in into money and and, and really kind of learning how to how to how to maneuver money. You know, I want to get in your personal business, right? We want to get All inside right. your vault. Um, and so our lightning round, what what I'll do is I'll give you a word, uh-huh. um, and then we're gonna flip it. We're gonna flip the word for inside the vault, right? And so the first word I want to I want to talk to you about is deposit slip, right? You know, when you go into a bank, a deposit slip is when you go into the bank, you fill out the deposit, you put the, you put the money into the bank. But for us, inside the vault, deposit slips are uh, any, any, any mis- you know, missteps or mistakes you, you've personally made with money. So right. talk to me about a deposit slip, a time that you, you kind of messed up with money.
2: Time I messed up with money, wow. Um, damn, I'm trying to think about this. Okay, there's been a couple of missteps. I would say, you know what, and it may not, this could be controversial, but I'm gonna I'm, 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 I'm put it out there and say it. So one of the things I did um, is I was just really into paying off my debts, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I was going hard with paying off my debts. Mm-hmm. So I had, I had student loan debt, I had over $30,000 worth of student loan debt. And you know, I literally, you know, hustled, worked, and got that paid off, you know, ASAP, right? To say to say that, plus I had deferment, the interest rates are super low, like three point whatever percent on it. But what I probably should have done, or could have done, you know what I'm saying? Again, it's a personal decision, but now that I'm older, I could have used that, that 30,000, whatever the case is, Use that money, I could have used that money to put down on an on a investment property mm. at a young age. I could have taken that money and use it to invest in the stock market or start my business or whatever the case is. So I was just so so eager to get rid of that student loan debt. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, that's that's what that's the way I did it. Mm. And now it sounds like they're about to forgive it anyway. Right. So I could have just right. chill right. and i get, get a free ride. And, I,
1: and I, I I like that you said that though too because I know that there's a lot of um you know people, you know other gurus that are always uh pushing debt-free lifestyle, debt-free lifestyle, debt-free lifestyle. And you're absolutely right. That 30,000, that's a lot. That's a lot of Money that could have been taken buying an income-producing uh, property. That property could have been income, cash flow. You would have made more than thirty thousand because now you take the money that you're making from the apartment. Now you're paying off the the you know your student loan, and then once the student loan is paid, you still have that asset, right? And so please, right, asset <laughs> over liability. Please, right. I I know your liabilities. You know you know some people are emotionally attached to debt. Um, but I, I love that example and I'm glad, you know, thank you for being transparent uh, because because I think debt is emotional. People want to pay it off because, oh, I just don't want to, you know, I just don't want to have any debt. But, word. you know, paying off that debt and not creating an asset, like you could have still been eaten. It could have been forgotten, you know what I'm saying? But it's right. all good though, you know. It, yeah. uh, a loss ain't a loss, it's a lesson, you know right. what I'm saying? All right, second word, interest rate, right? And so interest rate. Uh, is the money that you pay uh, when you borrow money, or the money that's paid to you if you lend money? Uh, but for us, interest rate is about um, you know how interested are you in, you know, the, the work that you're doing? Like, what is your interest rate? Uh, but this is more so about your why, right? Like, so how interested are you in what you're doing now from a tax, you know, being an accountant? Um, but also, like, why? Like, why, whatever your interest rate is, why, why is your interest rate that, that high or low?
2: Yeah, I take, again, with, with, with this whole tax journey that I've been on, helping folks save $10,000 to $100,000, it's just it's life-changing bro like Mm -hmm. i think once one of the the most gratifying things for me is once i i I share the tax strategies with people and to see how their mindset shifts Mm -hmm. as it relates to taxes right so people usually look at folks who pay a little money in taxes as evil criminal you need to pay as much as you need to in taxes or whatever the case is not like once i break it down and show them like these are available to you like even that paying your children through the business. People are always paying their kids anyways. You know what I'm saying? So like being able to understand like, yo, I can do this, fund my child's college this way, create generational wealth. I can even add a retirement account on top of that. And then once they graduate, they can have over six figures in the bank. Mm. So like really helping people understand, you know, tax wealth as well. So that's, I always preach tax wealth is, you can use taxes as a way to create generational wealth.
1: No, I love it. I love it. Uh, And so last but not least, uh, credit check, right? And so credit check, uh, is, is, is what banks use to see what your credit worthiness is, right? But for us inside the vault, uh, credit check is, uh, you know, you know, the people we want to give credit to, right? During our journey. And so, you know, for you, uh, who, who would be part of that credit check? Who, who are some of the people, books, mindsets, like what are those things that you want to give credit to, you know, in your journey and to, to be where you are right now?
2: Bro, yeah, there's 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 so so many people I could think of. I would say, really, for me, you know, I'm, I've been so inspired by the hip hop culture. Yes. You know, prolific prophet, so, <laughs> prolific right? prophet, right? Shout, rest, rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Right, rest, yeah, rest, rest in heaven to the king, Nipsey. Um, so yeah, Nipsey Hussle would be one of those where you know I was just inspired by his movement. Actually, a quick quick story on that. So like, I was out in LA, getting my mind right, trying to get my money right for the new year. This was 2019 before the pandemic hit. So I'm in this conference. I realized it's Nipsey Hussle's birthday, mm. so I bet I was like, I pull up to 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 uh, the Marathon Clothing Store that had it shut down, and there was a mural in the back. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the joint. I'm reflecting. I'm thinking about you know at his life and his impact, and I see the word prolific mm. on the right side of his face. Mm right and it really it just hit me you know what I'm saying it, and it resonated with me so much because you know I kind of felt the spirit that tells me go like move you know what I'm saying the time is now like you can't play with life because mm. this king had so many things that he was trying to do okay. as it related to you know financial literacy and investing and in buying back the block and you know putting people on and you know Bitcoin and you know, all this other all this other stuff yeah. so yeah, that was inspirational. That's what led me to write the book, Prolific Profit, How Successful Business And nice, You had a nice great profit. book
1: uh, book coach, too, who helped you with that.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, sh- big yeah, shout out yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. Shout, yeah. Shout out to the book coach, yeah. Mr. Ash Cash, yes, you know, sir. put me on yeah. and really helped me, you know what I'm saying, get the book in a way that, um, you know what I'm saying, that that's going to help me become, be, be a bestseller, right? And yes. I was able to do that. So that, that was a blessing. And then also, so yeah, I, obviously you, would be Oh no, I
1: wasn't asking for my credit check. But I, I just but, but, to, but, I, but I'll give you me a shameless check. shameless pug though. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I need your yeah. book out. written to you know, up. and you
2: know, I got that. you on another one. I got Ten Tax Commandments, Ooh. which is the joint that's coming out. I'm nice. dropping that. Nice. Tentative date, May 26th, Biggie's birthday. Yep. Rest in peace to the king as well. So Biggie's another one that yes. won another influence. Hove, Diddy. Yes. Um, so those those dudes. And then as far as, like, books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course, was a huge influ- uh, influence for me because it helped me realize that business owners and investors that make the most amount of money mm. pay the least amount of money in taxes. Absolutely, yeah. So that was key.
1: I love that you said that, you know, that you got uh, a new book, Coming out on Biggie's birthday, right? Ten tax commandments, and so I, you, you look, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm about putting people in the spot, right? Because I, I heard you got some tax bars, right? I'm here. I'm gonna put people on the spot. So I remember, <laughs> right? March knife recipes. Um, I'm on Instagram scrolling, scrolling through, and I hear, I hear Biggie, you know, a Biggie beat. Then I hear like, "Yo, it's the Ten Tax Commandments." Word. Yo, can you can you drop some <laughs> some tax bars? Some tax Ta- bars. T- drop some tax bars for Inside the Vault exclusive. You know where you're at first. Talk Let's get it. it.
2: All right. I've been in this game for years and mm. made me an animal. There's rules to this code. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Your game on track, the feds off your back. Runambre uno, let the IR rest know how much dough you hold. Cause you know... Evasion breeds penalties, especially if that prep messed up. Watch your tax go up. Number two, document expenses you could prove. Don't you know them boys treat lying like violence? Take it from your highness. Mm-hmm. I done see mad cats and chicks come for their skins and tricks. Number three, go form an LLC. A lawyer set that up. Properly draft up. D-Day and the state up Shh. for the big bucks. They'll get that paperwork cleaned up. Word up. Number four, I know you heard this before. Always rely on your CPA guy Number five Never tax prep where you rest at I don't care if they do it free Tell them leave Number six That tax advance credit Debt it They think they're doing you a favorite Forget it Seven This rule is so underrated Keep your personal and business Completely separated Business and blood Don't mix like politics With no tricks Find your business serious risk Number eight Know the date your taxes due. If you miss the deadline, they'll be coming for you. Number nine should have been number one to me. If you start a business, stay away from hobbies. If they thinking it's a hobby, they ain't trying to listen. You'll be stressing in the kitchen when them letters start hitting. Number 10, a strong word. corporation. Strictly for biz men, not for freshmen. If you ain't got investors, then say hell no. Cause they gonna want your money, rain, sleet, hell, snow. Follow these rules, you'll have mad bread to break up. If not, 24 years on the wake up. Flow hit your temple, watch your friends shake up, caretaker, did your makeup. when you pass, my bad, I hope you rake up, a lot of cash, with we'll beachfront in Jamaica, with the Michelin star, shut the hook and stick up,
1: gotta go, gotta go, more returns to makeup. up, and word up, tax, hey! hey, Yo, super dope, yo, I love that, <laughs> love that, big bars, <laughs> tax bars, yo, write that down, get those bars, and so talk to the people if... People wanted to connect with you. If people, you know, where can they find you? Talk to talk to us about your your program that you can you know you can help them. And then if we could do some type of you know discount, maybe use the a code vault and give them right. some type of discount. But tell tell the people where they can find you.
2: No doubt. Yep. So y'all can link up with me at Michelle Valbrun. So M I C H E L V A L B R U N on all social media platforms. I'm most active on Instagram. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. All of the above, so make sure you tap in. And then as the king, Ash Cash, said, yes, I got a new course out, Tax Wealth Elite. All right, so we talked about what the elite is and what that that means. So Tax Wealth Elite is helping y'all make sure you save that $10,000 to $100,000 legally and ethically in taxes. There's a whole bunch of gems that I'm dropping in there as far as real estate, paying your children through the business, creating generational wealth insurance, retirement, different tax loopholes that are available to you. So definitely tap in. Yeah, we're doing a little special discount for the viewers at the vault. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna hook you up with 20% off. You know, this, this program, is, it's a, a premiere program. You're working with me. It's a coaching program, so it'll be live. And tap in, yeah. This is this is the and, way. And to what do it.
1: code they're gonna use? Use Vault. V- Let's do Vault. V A yeah. U L T. Use Vault. Money making, Mitch. Hey. Michelle Valbrun, brother. My, I appreciate God. you. Thank you so much. Appreciate for you for all kid. you do personally, right? But but right. then also, you know, everything you're doing, you know, for you know for the culture. No doubt. Because uh, I think that that's important that we gotta we gotta know, right? That for the culture, there's one percent of CPAs that are black, right? One percent. Uh, and, and not all that one percent are for the culture. So let me be clear, right? All your skin, right? All your all your skin skin folk ain't your kin folk, right? Hey. And so so tap in. You know, Mitch is for the culture. He understands the culture. And so if you need somebody to help you get your taxes right, do everything. You know, make sure. And and it's bigger than taxes. I want to make sure that you understand that it's bigger than just just filing your taxes. It's about how do you maximize your money as an entrepreneur. But we are closing the vault. I am Ash Cash. Thank you so much for tapping in, for tuning in Inside the Vault with Ash Cash. I'm going to see y'all next time, same time, same place in God's will. Peace. Peace, y'all.